Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Seen a Nerd. It's your host, Matt. How y'all doing today? Today we're going to be talking some Preacher, the season finale, and the season one overall. Uh, joining me today is good friend, and we haven't heard from you in a while, man. It's uh, Everett Harn. How you doing, dude? Preacher. Preacher. Hey. Have you How you doing there, Matt? I'm doing now pretty good be, over here, man. Where <laughs> we talk about some preacher. <laughs> See, that was my that was my tulip impression. <laughs> it was really bad. Preacher. <laughs> she still has a guy voice, even though she talk like this and to your woman. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. But yeah, no, I, it's been a while. I, I, if you might hear tonight, I'm a little bit rusty. Had a have a newborn in the house, so been kind of off the saddle, if I may. That's fine, man. A little um, like parent, what is that parent brain where you're like kind of like half awake? That's yeah. It'll unlock the secrets of of the season finale and what's to come for Preacher for sure, man. So, oh, no. <laughs> so let's just jump into it. Off top, um, season finale overall. Um, it was about a week ago or so, and maybe not so fresh in people's minds, but like, what were your initial thoughts? Like, just walking out of like season finale, like. Were you excited? Were you disappointed or something like that? Um, I thought it was okay. Uh, like, I'm not disappointed. Like, I'm disappointed in a few aspects. Like, I'm I'm a bit disappointed on how the uh, Quinn Cannon story arc kind of yes, left it. Definitely. Like, that. that's the one thing I'm super disappointed on. Like, the rest of it kind of just feels like a cliffhanger for, like, it kind of feels like, well, they'll continue the story arc in the next season, and that's fine. Like, I don't mind that. And I, Quinn Cannon will do that as well. I just, I didn't feel like there was as much closure for him. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. It was, it was kind of a very Jesse and Tulip centric episode, and it, it ended like I, I had kind of spoiled myself a little bit because I had read like a synopsis of the kind of like the first arc in the comic book or whatever. And it talks about the church being destroyed. And so I was kind of, when that happened, I was like, Oh, okay. So it was like, it did in the comics. So, yeah. Like, I guess the reason why I, I said disappointed is because I felt a little disappointed, not only with the Quinn Cannon storyline, but just kind of like how it abrupt, I felt like it abruptly ended. Um, That's not to say that I didn't enjoy the season finale. I thought it was great. I mean, that whole conversation with quote unquote God was hilarious. (laughs) having in stitches the whole time. But yeah, like you said, like uh, um, the whole thing with I guess they try to drive it home that, oh, he was serving the God of meat. And then like, I'm like, okay, I I guess like even like Sarah mentioned that. that. Holding that baby made of ground beef. That was so that was so creepy, dude. But excellent at the same time. <laughs> I was gonna say we we in the early, we haven't recorded uh, like talked about preacher and Sue nerd in a couple weeks, but I feel like they gave us a lot of payoffs. Like they they had the bus driver, they had the mask, the creepy mascot that mm-hmm. was like Five Nights yeah. at Freddy's, and they had the uh, the pipes, like the you know the the pressure gauge and the pipes that had the methane gas coming out like me and you were talking about like what the hell's up with those oh we figured out this episode yeah like i i wasn't expecting that to be like that's how like methane gets thrown into the sky around town like that is so intense like and because what's great is that they never really explained exactly what he was doing we just know that it hit a critical level the guy manning the board hit a button and then it's fine now but um 
there was never that connection of the pipes around town plus like the reactor there so i thought that was pretty great and they yeah. didn't they didn't tease it like every episode you know so it's like maybe every two or three episodes they'll show the control panel or they'll show a, a pipe and um just to keep it in the back of our thoughts so i thought that was pretty yeah. great um let's just uh so the season finale i feel like it started abruptly as well um i don't know about you but i really like i was always complaining about the big you know text on screen kind of thing but i thought it was great that they started with the um the countdown clock to meeting god like god arriving i thought that was pretty great but (laughs) it kind of started off funky because did we already know that jesse was already um influencing donnie and and betsy to stay at their place or was that something that we just found out in the season like finale well (laughs) this is another one of those Everett's dumb moments that we've had <laughs> okay. in Scene and Nerd because I, until I read your notes saying that that Preacher had taken them over, like I was really confused. I was like, oh, so are they like friends with him? Now? Right, yeah, because I was like, wait, what happened? And then like they started talking about like quoting the Bible and how he saved them. And I'm like, oh, he somehow influenced them again, but they never explain why or how. Right. I was just yeah, like, so, yeah, I guess now that you've made me think of it, I, I guess he just probably told them to help him do anything he says. See, I, I wish that that was such a distracting point for me that Jesse's character took like two steps down, you know what I'm saying, in my ranking. Because I, I was just like, oh, so he can just overcome Donnie, even though Donnie went through the trouble of making himself deaf so he doesn't hear Preacher, like... I don't know. I it, it yeah. was strange. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't know. Like it's, I'm not sure how he got to Donnie, but I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it, just that that whole thing kind of felt weird. Now that I'm kind of thinking about it, like with with Donnie and his wife, like I don't know. They did the whole thing where she was dressed as a cheerleader and he was like spanking her, and then they're like laying in bed and he's reading and. I don't know. It was just, it was a really weird arc for Donnie and his wife. Cause I thought she was, I thought she was going to be a much different character than she turned out to be, at least in this season. Yeah. They were kind of ramping her up to be like, um, like an accomplice of Donnie almost or something like that. But she kind of took a big step into, into the background and then she kind of yeah. pulled up again, you know, in this one, yeah, she was exactly. you know, helping him and everything. And, I, I thought just, she'd kind of be like Donnie's brain, like the the mastermind oh, yeah. between what he does. Yeah, I was just thinking like, cause it the whole kind of narrative started with Donnie, you know, like um with preacher breaking his arm without even using Genesis, and right. then and then really like when Jesse started learning how to use Genesis, he used it on Donnie directly in the bathroom at the truck stop, and that was kind of like the advent of the Jesse's character of abusing Genesis power. So it all came kind of backwards to him where he's influencing Donnie again, but in a way that I wasn't expecting in a way that wasn't explained. So that's one of my bugaboos, I guess about this uh, season finale. Um, Yeah. I feel like I should have realized that, that they were taken over by Genesis. Like, cause when Donnie was like, you know, preacher's such a good guy, you know, he could have killed me in that bathroom, but he didn't. 
And so I feel like I owe my life to him or something. Like I should, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> no, you know, it, it came so fast that I think it went over a lot of people's heads. Cause I know like in the middle of them setting up for contacting God through Skype or whatever, heaven Skype, mm. uh, I was like, wait, hold on. Why is he helping them again? And I had to like rewind it and watch the whole thing again. So honestly, I feel like a lot of the stuff in the show goes out. Like it's, it's not fed to you like a lot of shows nowadays do like Mm -hmm. yeah like they kind of like you were saying with the the pressure gauge guy like they didn't tell us a name they didn't really give us anything but they gave us like that short scene where he's calling his wife and he's like oh you know maybe when i get home we could do something you know get a little frisky or whatever and it obviously did not turn out well and then later on at the very end of the episode you see him with a prostitute and he like must have had a heart attack during sex, but they didn't explain that. And you know, it's just like they give they give you like this very deep story about this guy and what happens, but they don't explain any of it. It's you know, like it, they they need or they want the audience to fill in fill in the gaps of like right. of the character profile. I think that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I think it's cool that they're able to do that and the people can can somewhat follow it like they've got a season two on the way so i don't know the last show that i watched that tried to do tried to do that didn't it didn't go over as well they were like yeah people that watch these shows don't want to think and what 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 show is that it was flash forward is it someone with Kiefer sutherland no it was with uh joseph phineas or whatever his name and joseph fines i don't I don't know. It was a, it was a long time ago, but oh, okay. But they tried to do was, the same thing. Well, no, there's just a smart show, and and I think a lot of the people that were saying why it got canceled were like, oh, it's just too smart, too smart for the general audience. Was and it I, like I a? Like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I feel like Preacher is as well, but maybe people have grown. It also could be like, uh, from what I remember, it was a network show, right? So maybe that's why they right. needed to be on cable yeah. so they can kind of flesh it out and find the right audience, but. Right. This show, like Preacher, is anything but normal. That's for sure. It's it's one of the most <laughs> unique shows on TV right now, and um, the way that they present their characters and even like their, you know, their plot is so disjointed. Especially with all the flashbacks with the cowboy and stuff like that. It's it was um, pretty nuts. Did did you enjoy? I mean, like I guess tangent. Like we're going back to like the previous episode where they. Or was it for the finale where they kind of strung along the, the, the Cowboys flashback or we know now as like hell kind of Groundhog Day segments? Did you like how they played that over for right. like at least 10, 15 minutes? I, you know, I I watched this stuff on my, on my, uh, we've got kind of like a Hulu service where, and I watch mm-hmm. it after it's been syndicated or not syndicated, but after it's been sent out live. And so whenever that started like replaying over and over, I just, I started the fast forward. Like it it went on for too long. Like I fast forwarded until something new showed up. So yeah, that, that it was interesting. Like just to see like, cause we, we thought, okay, well we've seen this stuff happen before. Why are they showing it again? And then we see it happen again and again. And I kind of liked I don't know if they need to do it that long, but I liked the message that it gave that the cowboy 
is living this over and over and over, and that is his hell. Yeah, like, I, that's how they want to portray at least his hell, or maybe that's how everyone's hell works out. But it was great that they repeated that, and I was like, okay, great, cool, and then they're going to fast forward and show it again. Okay, now they're going to really fast forward and show it. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. this has been going on for like 10 minutes. Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but I think it sets up, like, I'm I'm guessing the main antagonist for season two is that he really wants to escape this messed up Groundhog Day situation. So, um, right. Going into season two, do you are you excited to see what the Cowboy has to offer and how he's going to interact with the rest of the team? Uh, yeah, no, I we've we've kind of we kind of guessed that this was going to be the end of the season. Uh, uh, you know, in one of the earlier scene nerds from the season, and. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about the cowboy. I think he's going to be a pretty, he's he's going to be a villain unlike anything that we had this season. Like it, he'll be more of like an actual threatening villain than Quinn Cannon was. Quinn Cannon was kind of bumbling and half brainwashed for half the season. So and right, Donnie, right. Donnie's kind of an idiot. So we didn't really have a villain that was besides maybe. Uh, Fiore and DeBlanc that were actually trying to kill Preacher and you know Cassidy put an end to that but I think it'll be interesting to see how the story changes when you have a straight up antagonist with a gun who's trying to kill the protagonist and I don't know I, I like how they kind of set it up he he kind of he probably blames that preacher he blames god or whatever for what happened to his family and he went into hell and this is his way to get out to is by killing jesse so yeah like this this is the other way that fior and de blanc were talking about and, and they they cherry picked the right person and um yeah i find it interesting that that they kind of knew already you um we're kind of presented with Fior and DeBlanc as kind of guys that are, it's almost like they're kids. They're like in trouble. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to fix their mess yet. Right. Um, they're not exactly the most, uh, they don't really have a plan going in sometimes, but they knew exactly who to choose for that. So I thought that was kind of, um, kind of different for, for them. And speaking of Florin DeBlanc, we don't see DeBlanc come back from hell from that trip from hell. Um, what do you think happened to him? Man, I think he's dead. Like, I feel like they, when they were talking about going to hell, I feel like they were saying, like, if you die in hell, you're not coming back. Like, right? Did, or right. am I just making that up? Like, I feel like the reason they didn't want to risk going down there is because it was actually dangerous to go there. Yeah, it's like once you're done, like, you're done. <laughs> like so I don't. Yeah, I don't know if DeBlanc is coming back. Like, I think they keep showing Fiore alone and lonely for the reason that he, like, they almost made it seem like him and DeBlanc were, like... Like a couple? Part, yeah, like a couple. Like, they they kind of, they've always been together. They didn't want to get separated, and if they went back to heaven without Genesis, that's what was going to happen. And that would have been the worst thing for them. You know, that would have been worse than risking hell. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's worth it if they're going to stick together. So, so I don't know if that means that DeBlanc is now in hell or if there's like, or if he just doesn't exist anymore. So I I don't know. I'm hoping that they don't, 
yeah, I, I really hope they don't drop that that angle um, or that storyline because um, that would be. I mean, they play such a huge role in season one. And I know that, like, if you guys don't really know, like, season one kind of it's like a preamble or kind of like a prequel to where the graphic novels pick up. Like right. now we're kind of season two with the road trip and everything. Uh, Finding God is kind of where the graphic novels start. That's where, um, like, I was informed or that I heard online stuff like that. So. It'll be interesting to see um, if they deviate a lot from the source material or if they kind of stick with stories that are straight from the graphic novel series. So we'll have to look forward to that. Now, right. jumping back into the actual episode, and we've been kind of bagging on this episode a little bit. So let's go to something that I believe both you and I enjoyed a lot, Everett. And that mm-hmm. was the conversation, the Skype conversation with God. Um, first of all, the whole setup for it was pretty funny because I'm like, how is he going to reveal that there's just a severed hand just chilling underneath like the pulpit? And he just right. like, fuck it, man. I just pull it out of the bag and everyone's like gasping. And I thought it wasn't going to work, first of all. Um, I thought it was just going to just egg on Jesse's face and he'll have and then like, I don't know what will happen. Like Fiora and yeah. Blanc will come out of nowhere with with uh, Eugene and then. They're like, yeah, we're really from heaven, y'all. But it worked. And they got him on the phone. And he's a white dude. <laughs> he's a white dude with... On a like, throne. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe his hair. Like It's all over. It's like Gandalf without a hat and like poofier. I don't know. It's like... It's, it's just like Gandalf so... if he got electrocuted or got like sh- struck by lightning. It's like the most stereotypical vision of God that most people think of. And um, I thought it was pretty great. Um, it it kind of reminded me of South Park. Yeah, the way that it was, he was matter fatly talking. And then I think he picked his nose. That's when Jesse said that. Right. <laughs> so you're not and, God. You picked your nose. And just the jump ahead a little bit and, and kind of relating it to, to DeBlanc and Fiore, like whenever we find out that it actually wasn't God, like it's, it, they make it out like, cause at first, whenever he popped up, I was like, holy shit, are they really doing this? Like there's going to be so many people offended. Like, right, right, right. Like not, not that I care and I'm not offended, but I was just like, wow, they're really like going for it. But then they reveal that he wasn't God. And then they kind of made it like, like he was going to get black bagged and sent to like Guantanamo for, for revealing, revealing the secret. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Like heaven's like, a government agency. Yeah, and like so, with hierarchies and red tape seems like and stuff like that. Right, and it's just that kind of makes you look at Fjord and DeBlanc's situation a bit differently, thinking that the, they actually are like government agents from heaven and and maybe like they they knew how to find the cowboy because of like a file they had on him or something. Like, I don't know. But yeah, that the, the scene with God was... Like, it was just, it was really interesting because they do, like, this super emotional, like, beginning where Quinn Cannon's like, is my daughter with you? And he's like, yes, she is. And, you know, it's really touching. And then the girl says something and, like, I don't, like it, they made it really nice, but then Preacher just totally ruins it all. <laughs> he's like, wait a minute, you're not God. He's like the only skeptical person. You know? Right, because he really doesn't an- like God doesn't answer like Jesse's question of like, why did you give me this gift? Blah blah blah, and and um they gave like a lot of generic like like 
you know, half quoting like Bible kind of quotes um, right. that a lot of people like kind of spout out. So Jesse's like, and Tree's like, wait, that's not even a real answer. Like, that's stupid. So I I think it was, I, I thought it was great um, the way that they portrayed God as like a stereotypical thing. And I was like, wow, they're really doing it. Like I was sharing the same thoughts that you were, but did you think that it was going to end with a fake God? Or did you think that like, <laughs> this is how God is in this universe? I thought, I honestly thought that was God. Like it, it, the minute they started showing hints that it wasn't him, like I immediately was like, Oh, okay. I see what they're doing here. But at first, at first, whenever he was like, you do not question God. And you know, like stuff like that. I was like, Holy shit. Like they're actually showing God, which is ballsy and cool at the same time, because I, I'm a big fan of the show Lucifer and in Lucifer comics, they show God on that as well, but they won't do it on the Fox TV show. At least they haven't oh, no. yet. And I don't so think I'm, they I'm will. yeah, I'm curious. I, I doubt they will, but I, I'm curious to see if they do it, but I, I don't think they will. And it kind of props to AMC for, even though this wasn't the real God, just, just doing it as well as they did and making me think that it was him at first, because I was like, Holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, because, like, like you said, they, they kind of set up as a nice, sweet moment. Like, you know, Quinn Cannon's kind of having his nice moment. Everyone's asking them questions, and everyone's getting the answers that they want to hear. And then it turns into a nice little moment for Jesse to kind of reflect and be like, I really did bring God. And they really pull the rug out from under them because Jesse starts asking the right questions, and we find out that it's, you know, really not him. And God is missing of all things right. and they don't know where he is like god just bounced he's like i'm going going on vacation to the next dimension or something i don't know so where do you right. think where do you think like they're teasing where god is or do you think he's hiding or do you think he really is in trouble or he just kind of left i don't know like i like i don't know anything about the comic book universe and that's i feel like i might if I knew more about like the mythology and like the way that universe works, like I might be able to come up with a good guess, but I have no clue. Like he could be pulling a Lucifer and just like manning a bar in LA, like just wanting to, to be anonymous and see how life is on earth. Like who knows? Like maybe we'll, Maybe we'll run into someone that could be God in season two without actually stating that it's God. Like, wouldn't it be great? Because you know, like they like Cassidy really uh, quotes like a lot of like pop culture stuff. Like, that'd be funny if one of them, like the establishing on season two, is him saying like, "What if it's like Alanis Morissette? We gotta find her." Like, you know, like with Dogma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if it's like another like little girl or like some young woman? You know what I'm saying? Just walking around. <laughs> Pretty oh, God. They need to get Ben Affleck and Matt Damon to appear as angels for an episode. I don't know. Seth Rogen's executive producer, man. I'm sure he's got some pull. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, yeah. before we move on, I thought it was really interesting that Genesis worked on that guy, though. Like, from, like, through the Skype call. Yeah. Yeah, like, he wasn't even present, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Who knows? Maybe Genesis is God. Maybe, and that's where that's God's been in Jesse the whole time, and you know they did like a double kind of flip on us. It's really not God, yeah, but it really is. You know, speaking of Genesis, it's um, I feel like the coolness of Genesis kind of 
like degraded as the season kept going because they pitched it or they brought it out as this giant force that like is almost unwieldy and it's like with great power comes great responsibility and then like now it feels like Jesse just really has a handle on it and I wonder if that's on purpose like that's how it is in the comics or that's the narrative that they want to you know weave or is really Genesis kind of like taking a back seat to pun intended in this uh this next road trip going into season two like where do you think like genesis is gonna affect jesse is he just gonna be super mind hacks or is he gonna really explore more of the potential behind it you know i i kind of hope they explore it a bit because i i was a bit that's one of the things i'm disappointed about is how little he used it like whenever people were like trying to come and kill him or whenever people were going against something that he wished he could have easily used it and and maybe it's just like my inner villain coming out where i'm just like you know i'd kill grave them all and you know but i i feel like he didn't use it enough in the season and i'd like to see him use it more in season two but i wonder i wonder if that'll get boring like because i can't imagine that they can like pull a flash where like they reveal like a new way to use his powers like every other episode and is he gonna start throwing lightning or something <laughs> exactly <laughs> he's he's powers. Gen- yeah exactly. hey zeus can do it so he just starts throwing like lightning bolts and but now i like i don't know what else they can really do so maybe they're trying to take it slow so that it doesn't get like worn off or I worn hope, out i hope they kind of keep it clever like it doesn't have to be present in every episode let me kind of take a couple steps back with that it's just that like it needs to have like a grander kind of like whenever jesse uses it it needs to be a big deal you know right right um instead of just like him whispering to um what's what their names uh uh, donnie and betsy like yeah you're gonna help you know you're gonna help me hide in your house you know more than more than just that i mean you got to do that sometimes so it makes sense but like when you had that shootout you know in in the church he could have picked up like the microphone for their bullhorn and tell them everyone to drop their guns and that would have been it right so i'm just hoping that you know whenever they use genesis that it that it's a big deal um so yeah that's that's how my thing is but you know, moving along with the episode, you know, we mentioned it earlier. The god is gone, you know, so the town starts freaking out. Everyone slides into their sinful acts and stuff like that. And the whole town ends up blowing up because of it. <laughs> and I thought that right. was uh, a great use of hyperbole of when we start diving into our own, you know, little sins, quote unquote, <laughs> the whole thing just goes to shit. Like, kind of literally um right do you think this kind of parallels what happens with rat water or do you think they they just use rat water as like a backdrop to what anvil is might be going towards something like that i feel like i feel like this is kind of like it kind of shows even though rat water was a horrible just shit place they had the excuse of God to keeping like the few people that were actually there in line. But in Anvil, the minute that everyone found out that God is missing, he's not there. He's not watching them. Like they all just lose their shit. Like the, the girl who 
was in a coma. Her mom smothers her pillow where smothers her with a pillow and like Mm -hmm. the little brothers, like taking a selfie of that happening in the background, you know, the, like the little girls that chill, you know, they cut up the molester, cut his balls off or whatever. Kill, kill the, kill the bus driver guy, the, the, the white guy dressed as a chieftain hangs himself on the tree. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's fucking ironic as hell. And then you had the mascot that climbed up there with him and hung himself. Like, I don't know. Like, just like that whole scene of just chaos. It, you know, it, and it's almost like, is God missing? Because when the methane goes off, it's almost like I kind of felt is kind of a uh, what's what what are those uh, Solomon Sodom and Gomorrah, like I almost felt like it was kind of like the the whole town has become heathens or has mm-hmm. become you know s- such full of sin that God just wiped it off the map. Oh, see, I never thought about that. Wow. And then really. It seems like Jesse Cassidy and Tulip, they never looked back. You know, they never went back to Anvil unless that's where they're headed towards in season two. But that's the interesting parallel to that story. Yeah, they had no clue. Like they Jesse walked out of the diner like right as the the news report came in about it. Yeah, they went pretty far for uh, for uh, French fries, (laughs) apparently. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So. You know, do you think anybody could have survived from that situation? I mean, aside from that demon lady thing, but, you know. I don't know. Like, that's the thing is I I don't feel like we got enough closure in some of those characters, but who knows? Maybe they're going to maybe to keep it fresh. The only characters that are going to stick around are the three main ones. I mean, Eugene, do you think Eugene's dad is still alive? His dad? I don't think so. I think nobody from Anvil in that like kind of sequence is alive. Like the only people who are alive are the core three and like Eugene uh, Fior, the one that came back, right? The right, cowboy yeah. and like, I guess the demon lady because, you know, she can just, you know, right. come back to life. So that's really it. And I feel like that's the jumping off point for their road trip is they're just going to run into those same kind of characters in some capacity. Right. But, I don't know, like, it sucks that Emily, I mean, she she fucking killed Miles. Let's just, you know, let's not mince words about it. She murdered. (laughs) That was crazy. That was a crazy twist. And I didn't really get that. Like, we haven't been around since that episode aired where she just threw him in the room to feed Cassidy. I was confused with that sudden situation, too, because it's not like she found out that he killed those people visiting about the... Uh, I don't know, the eco green kind of thing. Right. Um, Cause it would make sense if she, you know, she started to hear kind of the way that miles was talking about Quinn cannon and stuff like that and how he really drank the, the Kool-Aid of the meat God. So like, it would be interesting if she found out that he, that he killed the people visiting and then that was, you know, her seeking justice for them, I guess. But it's just a weird story arc because it ended with her, playing like happy music or whatever like on or rock music yeah in the church filing out of the church like that's i think i think that's the last we saw of her maybe well maybe we saw her with her kids yeah Yeah. i mean i think god wasn't real 
yeah, that was kind of like just fuck it, you know, like God's not here, like fucking that kind of kicked off the whole montage. Yeah, yeah. So that was like I don't know. I just, yeah, it the town exploded, and I guess I guess if they fill the show with like even more interesting characters in season two, we might not miss them. I don't know. Yeah. So. I mean, that's kind of the fate of the town, but, you know, we're, what is really like the fate of the core three, right? Jesse, Tulip, and Cassidy. And what does season two hold? Because we found out that Tulip and Jesse, the whole reason why they were going out, or well, Tulip really was going after Carlos, was because she ended up miscarry, uh, miscarrying during the, um, during the little heist that they were planning, that they were doing all those flashbacks for. Do you do you see that kind of being brought up in season two or, you know, is Tulip and Jesse going to talk about more about, you know, the loss of the baby? Or is this kind of a more of a stepping off point and the uh, audience will just have to remember that kind of emotional backstory? I think it's I think it's a good like setup to the what Jesse and Tulip had in the past. And it's kind of because they've kind of been teasing that heist and jesse and tulip's relationship along the whole season like we weren't a hundred percent sure what their history was together we knew that they did that heist together and that they were kind of that they might have been romantic and like you know Tulip called her called him as her <laughs> called him her ex-boyfriend throughout the whole season but we didn't know like i didn't realize it was that serious until they revealed you know that she was pregnant and then you realize when they had the miscarriage that that's why she was going after carlos and you know it it kind of explains why jesse didn't really want to go after carlos and why they kind of broke up and why he wanted to change his ways is because you know doing the crime and living the life they were living killed their baby and it kind of explains why Jesse wanted to become a preacher. And it, it kind of makes you look back on the season in a different light. And I think it sets up season two to give us kind of the notion that Jesse and Tulip used to be super serious to the point where they, you know, had a baby and they were going to become parents. And, now they could possibly be romantic again. So maybe it'll become serious again. Like, I don't know. I think that's just kind of the setup for that is that they could become romantic. I think that kind of reveal also needed to happen because I, I, we were kind of going back and forth about this too and how Tulip's character kind of started at a good point or at least in my sense. And then she kind of like waned off and there wasn't really interesting more about her besides she's, just trying to get back in Jesse's good graces and and trying to get him to kill Carlos and you know kind of throwing that down where it's like no it's because they lost a, you know their their baby like I was like oh okay now it's like serious there's more to Tulip than just running around doing whatever she wants getting all the money and this and that there's you know she actually had strong feelings like you said a strong relationship seems like it's been going on for a while and a serious relationship right. so um I'm happy. Well, it's kind of sad to say that, but I'm I'm happy that kind of happened because it put a little bit more meat on the bones of Tulip's character. So moving forward, though, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of love triangles. It's effective. But do you think they're going to play into that with the whole Cassidy Tulip Jesse thing on the road? 
I hope not. Like, I think Cassidy's such a great character, and having him, like, pining for Tulip the whole time isn't going to make him shine, I guess, if that right. makes any sense. Right. Like, I'd, I'd like to see him kind of move on to be in kind of like the kooky playboy that we saw him be in kind of right. in the early, earlier parts of the season. Like, if he of... swears off girls because he's so madly in love with Tulip, that'd be so lame. Yeah, like, I don't want to see him just, like, tied down. Get unleashed the beast. Right, right, right. Go full vampire. <laughs> right. We need more cool uh, outfits for him, too, when he's out in, in the sun. Not just the the little rice hat. <laughs> he's just wearing, like, a trucker, trucker hat this time, I feel like. I know, I'm like, I, I really need him to, like, really cover up more. And, like, I want to see him wear, like, that hat with the umbrella on it or something like that. Because that's yeah. pretty funny, like... It'd be interesting to see where they take Cassidy's character because he really is like the loose cannon in in, in the whole thing. Because he plays so many different roles. He's like he play like a best friend role to Jesse. He's the comedy relief. He he the pop culture reference guy. You know he's like so many different characters rolled into one awesome package. And he's also a damn vampire. So it'd be interesting right. to see what happens. And we didn't mention it like just real quick like. It's interesting that the the Arseface, uh Eugene's dad was like, "Oh yeah, you don't think I noticed or didn't notice your get up or whatever that you've right, been running right. around like?" And he he came out and was just like, "Oh, you're you are a vampire!" Like, and he was shooting him and stuff like that. That those scenes were crazy. Yeah, and that was like right off the top of the episode too. I was gonna ask like, were you concerned about how quickly? He pieced it together, but because I was, uh, how sorry, how um, <laughs> Eugene's dad pieced it together that uh, Cassie is a vampire. Like he just went straight for it. Like he he even brought like a thermos or whatever coffee pot full of blood for him. You know, it's interesting that he, yeah, it's real. It's interesting that he kind of went straight to that just because. Like, if someone in our world were to tell you that they were a vampire, you'd be like, vampires don't exist. But, like, I feel like his dad just straight up knew vampires existed the minute he realized, like, the the signs Cassidy was giving off. Right, and the, the, the dates of his incarceration and stuff like that. Yeah, that was cool, because it kind of gave us a little bit, like, of a kind of a character history of Cassidy in a way like he's been alive and been doing like crazy stuff since the twenties. Like, right. Right. And yeah, it'd be, it was interesting to kind of see Eugene's dad in, in that kind of role. Um, but there was some mutual respect towards the end. I, I feel like, and I think, um, maybe he really got to Eugene's dad when Cassidy said, you know, maybe there's even a little bit, tiny piece of you that is relieved that he's gone, and I think that kind yeah. of awoken something in inside of um, in inside of uh, Eugene's dad. But hopefully, that's not the last we see of Eugene. Maybe not even the last of Eugene's dad. So, right, his yeah. dad could have straight up gotten his car and left at that moment. Yeah, because so. I don't remember him during that montage of people, you know, no, like doing stuff. I don't think he was. So it's possible that he just he just left booked it yeah yeah that'd be cool well um 
I think that's going to kind of finish off and round off our little discussion about the finale episode. But do you have any overall thoughts about the debut season of Preacher? Like, are you excited going into season two? Kind of sounds like you are. But is there anything like you really liked about the show's debut season in particular or like a favorite character or something? Oh, favorite character is easily Cassidy. But I, I liked Quinn Cannon. He was an easy number two for favorite characters. The show, it's it was a bit rocky for me. Like it started rocky, and I think it. I think it. There's a lot of people that felt that way. Like it's a very. You said at the the top of the show, very unique. Like there's really nothing else out there like it. And I think that was kind. It was it was kind of a hard. hard it it was hard to get used to like the stuff that they did because we don't see it on any other shows like the way that the first like three episodes opened with the crazy shit that was going on around town. Like you just don't see that in other shows. And I think it took a while to get used to that, but I liked the show after like the first few episodes. Right. Like, like I, I easily was looking forward to each episode and especially after the episode where they were all going to go like attack the church. I was just like, yeah, I'm totally down now. Like with the show, like the show's really good. And I'm definitely looking forward to season two. Like when uh Quinn cannon was like, or they were rolling in with like the tractor and everyone holding their guns and marching up the, the field, you know, towards the church. Yeah. That was definitely yeah. one of the like best like looking shots and establishment you know to kind of talk about where the show is and, and what it is and stuff like that so yeah yeah for it's me exciting. oh sorry yeah what's up i was just saying it was exciting yeah like it really ramped it up and i think that's uh that was a cliffhanger was it not yeah yeah so that's definitely a, a good way to hook in the audience is a lot of those there's a lot of those kind of emotional beats and just like a lot of ramping up and and it's such a sh- it felt like a short uh season two is technically nine episodes um but i i thought it was uh i thought amc does that well where it's really condensed in each episode and there's a lot of information and and stuff like that and just for me like the the season overall i feel like we watch a lot of shows where they take an idea of like comic books or you know like the flash arrow or something different and they really try to ground it in reality Whereas the show Preacher, it kind of does that just so we're not too kooky. But at the same time as they totally embrace that ridiculousness of like a phone that can that's, you know, a direct line to heaven. They just threw it out there. Mm-hmm. They have angels just popping out and they're they're pretty much invincible. They have this being that kind of absorbs you and you turn into the voice of God, you know, and it's like they have all the and a vampire, for goodness sake. And then. You know, they have all these different elements that they kind of just throw at you and they just expect you to just digest it immediately. And right. And it, I don't mean that in a negative way, at least for the most part, but I mean that in a unique way to get people on board with such a, a different universe that where really anything can happen. I mean, God's missing and then they're finding God. How how hilarious is that for the setup for season two? Right. So, yeah, that's uh, that's us gushing about Preacher um pretty uh pretty happy with the first season we're looking forward to season two um real quick though i want to ask are you gonna read a little bit of the 
graphic novel series, or are you pretty invested in the TV show, so you kind of want to leave it alone? Oh yeah, I've already I've already ordered like the whole graphic novel series. Oh, nice. Like, just because I've heard such good things about it, even before the show even got greenlit, like I heard that Garth Ennis's run was something that you had to read, and so I was like, all right. After watching the show, I was like, I I definitely want to know more about this universe and kind of learn where the show might be headed and kind of like that that way i guess whenever i watch season two like i know kind of more what to expect and it it doesn't seem as odd to me maybe right right i think i'm gonna read them as well like i i found it as a pratfall kind of when i was following the walking dead because now i'm totally off the show's like wagon but i don't know we'll see and that's the reason why i'm now catching up a game of thrones now because i read all the books but Preacher is something I just cannot ignore. Like, that's like pretty much what you said. It's glowing reviews from everybody. So, yeah, that's going to do it for our episode. Um, I want to uh, thank Everett again for joining us. Um, you want to let the audience know where uh, they can find you online? Oh, yeah. Just check me out on Twitter. I'm not tweeting anything now that I've had a baby, but <laughs> I retweet a lot of GWW stuff and Cena Nerd stuff. So, find me at The Ever Written. Yeah, good follow. And um, yeah, please check out the GWW.com. You can find all of our, you know, uh, stories and reviews about games, TV, movies. Like, um, I think I'm going to try to write something about Suicide Squad if it's not already up there, but at least discuss it with somebody around GWW parts. So, you know, if uh, if you like what you're hearing and if you're excited for season two, you know, give us a like, give us a comment, let us know. Um, what you're ready for for season two if you enjoyed our kind of coverage on season one of preacher so um we really like to hear from you guys you can follow us at scene nerd s-c-e-n-e little letter n n-e-r-d on twitter on facebook on uh probably not instagram but yeah uh check us out on itunes and uh soundcloud you can find us all there and more uh sure to follow me i've been your host matt at i'm salzy i-m-s-a-l-z-y and until then good night and geek out you're welcome. Oh, that's a very good uh, Sarah impression. <laughs> yeah, someone's got to do it. <laughs> this has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!